0: Glory to God Father I thank you tonight There's not anything that we can't do As we are led by you There's not anything we can't accomplish When we hear your voice we do what you say There's not anything that we can't accomplish We bless you tonight. We honor you. We give you praise. And everybody said, "Amen," and "Amen." Glory to God. Thank God, His Word is true to us. Amen. Well, we've been in our series on "You Ask for It." How many liked it? Huh, man, I've liked preaching it. I mean, I've enjoyed bringing these words. So, for this month, we've got tonight and two more messages um and yeah, it was quick, but this is this is message number five, and tonight, what i've kind of put together that we're on multiple cards um it, it was it was we had about forty cards filled out, and in these forty cards, there was you know the there was a there was a number of things that connected to different titles that has actually really made it easy to put these messages together. So um, I appreciate everybody signing the cards and and uh, putting what you wanted to hear. And so tonight, um, the these there's there were four cards. Well, there, there were four there were multiple cards on some of these, but. But the, f- the, the four titles that I'm bringing together, I'm, I'm um, meshing this together in, in the title of my message is Relationships. <laughs> I, was, I said that in a real long way. Um, <laughs> but there were cards on, on Family Relationships. There were cards on marriage relationships, on dating relationships, on... Um, there was one that was entitled, How Do You Deal With Young People That Are In The Wrong Crowd? Um, and so, I put all this together, and 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 as, as I prayed, I, this, this is what I feel like God told me about this, about relationships. That if you're if you're in you know if you're if you're desiring to um find out more information about marriage relationships or dating relationships or uh friendship relationships there's all kinds of books and materials all over the planet that people draw from and um and you know some of what's out there, not, not, I'm not going to even say a lot, but some of what's out there, um, when it talks about relationships and it gives you information about relationships, um, because I've read a lot of it, and a lot of what I've read regarding relationships has a lot to do with people's more of people's opinions about what they think about relationships and not as much about the Word. I'm I'm just not saying everybody, and I'm not even saying there's a lot of it like that. But some of what I've read has to do with people's opinion about relationships. Well, tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to necessarily give you the how-tos in relationship, but I'm going to give you what the Word says about protecting relationships and, and understanding how relationships with other people can mess up your whole life. You know, when when you think of, I I told you somebody filled out a card, maybe it was one of you all that are here tonight, Fill out a card about young people connecting with the wrong crowd. So so anytime you think of somebody talking about the wrong crowd, you think of maybe the ages from 10 to 18 or 20. You know, well, you know, my, my child's, Around the wrong crowd. Well, there's wrong crowds at every age. And and a lot of times we think, well, you know, I'm 18 or 19 and all of a sudden I'm grown up and so I know how to handle relationships. Eh. No, what happens is you had relationships growing up and you may have had them from elementary school to junior high and high school and college and and you started the workforce, and you have relationship, but man, I'm telling you what, there's a boatload of relationships that are out there beyond those relationships that are no different than those other relationships. It's just different age groups. People supposedly have grown up. Well, they got in, they, they, their bodies grew up, and they got bigger bodies, but if their minds aren't renewed to the truth of the Word, then their mentality doesn't change much. And so I'm going to talk about what the word says regarding relationships. So, so I, I don't have a lot of time because in studying this, now I've got a whole series I'm going to do on relationships. <laughs> but we're just talking about you asked for it, so I'm going to give you this and and just, you know, hold on to your seat because it's pastors going to blow, you know, blow scriptures your way and it's going to feel like there's a there's a fan blowing at you. <clears throat> but um, so let's start with 2 Corinthians 6 actually we read this verse <clears throat> if anybody uh, has tried to hook up to our wifi in days past uh, in here like you said, you come in and you say well I'm going to hook up to wifi and it's been really super slow well now it's really super fast <laughs> that's why I'm preaching from my phone tonight because it's really super fast <clears throat> um, so 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, and all I'm going to do is read the first part of verse 14. Uh, Where did I say? 6, right, and 14, that's it. So I want to read this in a number of, I'm going to read a few passages of Scripture and kind of build a foundation here, but I'm going to read from a number of different translations in all these. So, uh, verse 14 in the New King James says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, a lot of times we use this, m- most people have used this, well, when they're trying to convince people not to marry somebody that's not born again. So they use this passage of Scripture and, and they try to put people on a guilt trip about unbelievers, okay? But according to, and we're not going to go look at it, but you can write this down, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, You can be born again and be an unbeliever. Okay? So we'll talk about that later. Um, New Living translation of this verse of Scripture. The New Living. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Don't team up. Don't become a part of a team with people that are not believers. I'm just telling you what what the Word says. Okay? Listen to the message translation here. We're talking about relationships. Don't become partners with those who reject God.. Mm, 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 mm. Amplify it. Don't be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Don't do not make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. I said, he said your faith, not the faith, but your faith. In other words, don't connect yourself, team up with people that are inconsistent with what you've been taught and what you know. See, you can be, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen where where two people connect and they get married, but they're not on the same page scripturally and where the word is concerned and they thought well you know they were born again but that doesn't mean anything huh I mean some of the worst devils I've ever seen are in born again people okay anyway (laughs) just trust me yeah inconsistent with your faith for what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness there's there, there can't be partnership right um 2 Timothy, I think I, I think I gave you 1 Timothy in the back. You've got to go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, um, and uh, verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, 1, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. <clears throat> Understand this that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come, difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, uh, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness or religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct, nullifies their claim of faith, avoid such people and keep far away from them. Now, there's a lot said there, but what are we talking about? Relationships, right? So, what you have to have in knowing right relationships, and I'm talking about across the board, Family, intimate relationships, were your teams with, with people? Well, you know, we went into business together because we were family. I don't mean Jack. you gotta, you got to make sure they're of the faith that you've been taught. See? Family, church, jobs, businesses, I don't care what it is, dating, personal relationships, whatever it is, you don't want to be connected because in the last days there's perilous times and there's all kinds of stuff like this going on and that kind of stuff's inside of people and you got to be able to discern what is and what isn't. And you know where it lands? It lands with you in your relationship with God. Ephesians 4. What are we talking about? Relationships. Relationships. Ephesians 4 and verse 15. And uh, let's look at that in the uh, New Living. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Who's the church? Us. We're his body. We're the church which is his body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, And helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, what are we talking about? Relationships. A lot of times when we read these passages of Scripture, we're just talking about like the local church. But see, the church is at your house. See, the church is on your job with the people that are Christians. The church is in every form of connection and relationship that there is out there and he's the head and you get your eyes off the head and you got problems. Colossians 2 and verse 4 In the new living. Chapter 2 and verse 4. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. This is Paul to the church at Colossae. Verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Why? Because He's the head. He's the key, right? Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than that from what? The head, right? The head has his way of thinking, and then there's all kinds of other philosophies, but only you can know that. As a pastor, for years, I would watch people make really bad decisions with people, and I would take it personally and try to come along and say, you know, you've got to stop that. You can't do this. You know, you, you, you've got you've to make, you, make the right choice. The, the, this person's going to affect you. And, and every time I tried to do that, what God was saying to me was, you're, you're, you're messing with my responsibility because you teach them the Word and then I'll show them, if they'll listen and they'll be open, I'll show them how to discern what is and what isn't right. Now listen, when we're talking about relationships, And we're talking about some of the definitions here. We're talking about teaming up and being linked together. We're not talking about evangelism. See, God's called you and I to be in all kinds of people's lives. How many have been shaking people's hands and slipping them a card for Gates of the City? At least I have. Over and over again. Yesterday I got another one. Got it it in the hands of another person through... uh, uh, my, my phone went nuts yesterday. I mean, it just went... I mean, it started call. It went through my whole my whole contact list and called everybody. Anybody get a call for me? It was just calling. i never seen anything like it. And it was texting people. I mean, all kind. And it was texting all this crazy stuff on my phone. And I, and, and I walked in and I said, what, what? And they go, we don't know. Time for a new phone. <laughs> so I got a new phone and... As I was getting a new phone, opportunity, I was there for a while, and opportunity arose, card in hand. You know what? Come, right? Opportunities. We're not talking about evangelism. We're talking about connections, right? And right relationships will produce great blessing and prosperity, but you get your eyes off the head that you don't know how to hear, and then you base your decisions based on what you see or the way things seem to be. But the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. So all we're talking about is liberating you and I from destruction. I can't be that person. I can help you. You come to me. I'm going to give you everything I believe. I'll tell you the truth. I'll be absolutely honest with you. But I will not make the decision for you. I can't. That's between you and the Holy Ghost. You've got to take the word that you hear, things I'm talking about... You deny, you've got to let him bear witness in you. You've got to help you to make right connections and decisions because what the enemy wants, as we just read a minute ago, is to lure you away into wrong relationships. And you've got, you cannot deny and, and ignore when the Holy Ghost is saying, uh uh-uh, you just don't need it. It doesn't mean you can't minister to those people. It doesn't mean you can't be acquaintance with those But you can't team up. So he said in verse 8, let's read it again. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human form, human body. In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Look at verse 18. Where'd it go? There it is. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for He holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. He holds it together, not what other people think. See, if what I think and what I deliver to you doesn't come from this, if it doesn't come from the Word, then you can't let your world be framed by what I'm telling you. Because what I tell you, you've got to take and it's got to be real to you so that you can make choices in the relationships that you find yourself in. So we don't find ourselves making horrible relationships or connecting, with, you know, developing horrible relationships. Because... If you find yourself in a relationship that is not somebody that God wants you with, I don't care if it's friendship, I don't care if it's on the job, if it's a dating relationship, if it's a spouse relationship, you know, for the future and all those kind of things, if you connect yourself and become intimate and become personal in a relationship with people that God really doesn't want you in, you're not good for them either. Huh? not only are you messing up things for yourself, but you're messing up things for that person. You're not good for them either. And God will show you that. And the stronger and more confident that you get in the development of relationships, the more you prosper and advance and your whole world opens up. Whole world. Now, look at Proverbs 13, and then I'm going to give you three examples in Scripture. Proverbs 13 and verse 20. We'll just I want to read three translations of this verse. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Look at the amplified He who walks as a companion, remember what we're talking about, is teaming up with people. He who walks as a companion with wise men will be wise. Right relationships. But the companions of conceited, dull-witted fools are fools themselves and will experience harm. I don't know about you, but I don't want trouble and I want no harm. I want no trouble and no harm. You You know what I say? I've had this thought many times. I would rather be lonely and bored and on top than supposedly fulfilled and in trouble and in harm. Well, it's easy for you to say, whatever. <clears throat> um, oh look at look at the message in that verse. Become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. not mine, not mine. no wrong relationships i don 't care across the board now in my in my life and in my world, okay, I can connect to wrong people in ministry, but god doesn 't want me connected with and i 've had to learn, and I, I, along the way i 've had to I've had to let go of certain relationships. I'm not talking about never talking to them on the phone or whatever. I'm talking about connections. I've had to let some things go, and I've had to embrace. And you know what? Along the way, you learn how to hear God, and you learn what God wants you to do, and you connect yourself with the right people, and you advance and prosper. But your life helps advance and prosper them. Amen. See, it's not just about what they do for you. Listen, listen, when 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 my attitude is, <laughs> Randy, I need you, man. I need you. I need you. See, all I'm doing is, I, it's what I, he can do for me. Mm-mm. No, right relationships are what I can do for them. What can I do for you? See, that's a right relationship. And you know what you know what happens out of that? That breeds the other people thinking the same way, because a lot of people have never seen anybody that came along and said, What can I do for you? It's not necessarily that you say it, but you just live it. What can I do for you? In marriage, it's not fifty percent of each party. Because the part that causes the divorce is the fifty that you didn't commit to. It's hundred percent of both parties. And what I've learned through the years is it's not what my wife can do for me, it's what I can do for her. But it's not my responsibility to make sure she thinks the same way. It's my responsibility to live that way and trust God with the other part of it. That's the way it works. That's where right relationships develop, because if you will not trust God for the other part, see, the problem is when you look at the roles of husband and wife, I'm just using that as that relationship for an example here. When you look at the roles of husband and wife, nowhere in there does it say that the husband's job is to make sure the wife does what she's supposed to do. I'm not in there anywhere. Nowhere. And nowhere in there is it the wife's responsibility to make sure the husband does his part. Now it's real clear what our parts are, our roles are, but what our parts are for each other, but nowhere in there does it say anything about the other person's part in making sure that the other one does their job you do your part and you trust god for the other and that means you just keep your mouth shut and trust god well pastor you you know you've not lived where i've lived no but jesus has he's able to come to the aid of those that face the things they face. He's already been there, done it, already accomplished it, already overcame it for you. You trust God, you overcome. Every single time. Now, 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2. and We're going to look at Lot. In the New Testament... He's there. There he is. Second Peter 2 and uh, verse 7. Let's look at that in the New King James. New King James has felt real lonely tonight. <clears throat> okay, I'm just jumping into this passage of Scripture here, and I'm, I'm going to read 7, 8, and 9, and then just do a little talking. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Um, Lot... Lot was Abraham's nephew. And by through the process of association, Lot was blessed above most men. Blessed. I mean supernaturally blessed. So, Lot began to get his eyes and his focus off of where the blessing came from in his life. And he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, but this passage of Scripture calls Lot a righteous man. Now watch. Righteous people that know the Word can connect and get involved in wrong association, and even though they're righteous, all kinds of ugly things will happen to their life based on their choices. Lot's association with the wrong people in Sodom and Gomorrah caused him to lose his wife, both of his son-in-laws, and all of his wealth. But the Bible called... Notice notice in, in three verses here, in two verses, it says, "...and delivered righteous Lot, who is oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man..." dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day. Righteous, righteous, righteous lot was put in a situation because of his choices because he got his focus off the head. And when you forget those things, even though you've been taught the word, you know what the word says, you can make choices that will lure you in a direction that will cause a lot of ugly things to happen. And God doesn't want it. So, through the, through the process of association is where you and I make choices based on the discernment that comes from God about who we connect with. Again, family, jobs, school, church life. Ministry life, people in ministry, those kind of things. I I, I mean, across the board, every type of relationship that there is, that process of association. I'm talking about teaming up, as the Scripture's read. When you team up with people, you become unequally yoked with them. See, they're thinking one thing, you're thinking something else. God doesn't want it for you. Um. 1 Kings, the, the second example, I told you th- I got three examples. Um, second, the next two examples have to do with King Jehoshaphat. And in 1 Kings chapter 22, Old Testament, notice what it said about King Jehoshaphat. 1 Kings 22 and um Actually, let's look at verse 43 first, and then we'll come back to verse 1. Look at verse 43. And he walked in all the ways of his father Asa, and he did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless... The high places were not taken away for the people offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the, high, on, on the high places. In other words, the defilement in Judah was not removed. Why? Let me show you. I mean, it is, it's as plain as day why that was not removed. In two different instances. Go back to verse 1 of First Kings 22. Now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And at that time, the king of Israel was Ahab. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you, do you know that Ramoth-Gilead is, is ours? But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, this is Ahab saying this to, to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramoth-Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Verse 5, also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please, let's inquire for the word of the Lord today. Is it right for us to go take Ramoth-Gilead? So you can go back and read the whole story because I'm not going to go through it, but here's what happened. So Ahab brought 450 prophets of Baal, not of Israel, but of Baal. He brought the 450 prophets, 400 or so, however many there were. And they all said, go take it, go take it, go take it. Well, there was one prophet that Ahab didn't like because he spoke the truth. And Ahab told Jehoshaphat, I don't like this guy. Because every time he prophesies to me, it's not good. So should that have been a warning sign? Eh, something wrong here. So the prophet comes. And actually, the, the prophet was called by, by, well, Jehoshaphat told Ahab, call the prophet, bring him in. So he brings him in, but the guy that brought him in said, look, man, don't cause any trouble. Just tell the guy what he wants to hear. And so he makes a joke of it, the prophet does, and he tells him, yeah, go go do whatever you're going to do. But Jehoshaphat said, because see, Jehoshaphat was was a king with the heart of God. And Jehoshaphat asked the guy, okay, so what's up? And he said, I've told him over and over again things that he needs to do, and he won't do what I've told him to do. So the word of the Lord comes, now watch this, this is interesting based on what I just told you, you would think that Jehoshaphat would do what was right. Okay? But you know what? And this is really good for you to remember where relationships are concerned. Jehoshaphat was unclear. He was unclear of whether it was God or it wasn't. Okay? So if that's the case then what, what some people think, people that are born again, I know, actually, I know a lot of born-again people that think, well, it really wasn't clear from God, but I went ahead and did it anyway. And that's what happened with Jehoshaphat. Well, it really wasn't clear about, you know, whether I should date that person or not. Well, it really wasn't clear whether I should, you know, get into that business deal with this person, but I just went ahead and did it anyway. You know, let me tell you how it backfired on Jehoshaphat. Not only were they defeated, and Jehoshaphat had won battle after battle after battle after battle until he aligned himself with Ahab. And when he did that, you know what Ahab did? Ahab knew that the the kings that they were fighting would come after him. So he hid out and he made it look like Jehoshaphat was him. And they came after him and Jehoshaphat yelled and they realized that's not Ahab and they let him go. Ahab lied and tried to take him out so his association with him and, and look, Jehoshaphat said, told Ahab, let's, let's, let's go before God. Let's hear what God has to say. But it was unclear. I'm telling you today, there are a lot of connections and relationships that you'll find yourself in that appear to be unclear. What do you do when it's not clear? You do absolutely nothing. You stay lonely and you stay bored. But you stay free. Now listen, you say, well, you know, pastor, you're married. No, I'm not talking about being married. <laughs> you can be married and be lonely to the bone. Wrong relationships. I'm talking about don't connect with people that God has not led you to. Yep. Now, that story, and then look at Second Chronicles. You would have thought... The Jehoshaphat would have learned this. Now <clears throat> I know it's getting a little bit late, but I, I, I feel real strong. I just need to read this whole chapter, so just listen, just listen to me as I read it. <clears throat> You'll like this story. I'm going to read it in the New Living translation. okay? Uh, Second Chronicles 20. And verse one. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Amorites, and some of the Men M- 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 Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazram Tamar. This is another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news that he got. And begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Uh, he, he ordered them to fast out of fear. Right? So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help out of fear from the king. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. And, <clears throat> I mean, it was, it was a prayer, boy. I mean, it was a prayer. Verse 8, verse 9, verse 10, verse 11. He prayed and he prayed. <clears throat> verse 12, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you, for you, for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. Man, that was a, It was a long, drawn-out prayer, but it was a prayer in fear. It was a prayer from the fear that he was in. You you, you notice a lot of times that when God says for you to pray something, if you'll just pray what God says, it'll work. But when we get in fear, if we don't declare the word, and God hasn't given you a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound, and a well-balanced mind, and if you don't deal with that yourself, you'll find yourself trying to get God to do something for you when he's already done it all. God wants you to declare what he already said is so and be on the receiving end of what rightfully belongs to you. Not you trying to pray a long enough, hard enough prayer like Jehoshaphat was doing to try to convince God that we need help because these guys are going to kill us. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Janzel, son of Zachariah, son of Benaniah, son of blah, 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 all those guys. And he said in verse 15, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. So here comes the prophetic word. This is what we want. We want the prophetic word. We don't want the word out of fear. We want what God is saying in the situation. So here comes the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Let's get rid of the fear. Don't, now remember, Jehoshaphat is listening to this word of the Lord. Remember, Jehoshaphat is a godly man that will do what God says. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Remember, n- notice that the guy said this is a mighty army. It's, a, it's, a, it's not 12 people. It's a mighty army. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Man, all of a sudden, as I'm reading that, I can see the fear just kind of falling off of Jehoshaphat. Oh, man, what was that? What was I thinking? Man, I got these people all stirred up. Man, they missed four meals already. You know, and and they they didn't have to miss another meal. They didn't have to not eat. You know, we fasted and we're praying and we're doing all the stuff to try to... He said, no, be not afraid. The battle is not yours, but it's God. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your possessions. You will not even need to fight. That's the word of the Lord. Take your possessions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Glory to God. Then Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohiah and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. Wow, that doesn't sound like the guy that was praying. God help us, these guys are going to kill us! Now it's believe in the Lord. Why? Because he heard the word of the Lord and he did what God said. Watch this. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people... The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they begin to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. They had destroyed the army of Seir. They began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Why? Because they trusted in God. Can you say amen? King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could even carry away. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. You could be in debt, and when you win a battle because you did what God said, all of a sudden you become debt-free overnight because of the plunder. You say, well, you like, you, mean, you like a battle like that? No, you've got to break it down to where your life and your world is. When you do what God says and you connect yourself to the right people, things happen in your life. Giving, beginning to think that, you know, well, I need this person, or I need this thing, or I need this book, or I need this thing. I've got I to do this and that, and that. Do whatever God says, but you don't need anything but God himself. You've got to keep your eyes on the head and let everything filter down from there. We need each other, but more than you needing somebody or something, you need to be a giver. You need to be one that is sowing into relationships, and the relationships you're sowing into are the ones that God has connected you with. Now watch this. So, we see that they won, the battle was theirs, and then look at verse 35 watch this all of this just happened all of this just happened now watch the devil here do not forget what i'm fixing to read to you right now do not forget this watch what the devil did to somebody who was in fear he overcame the fear because of the word of the lord he did exactly what god said and i mean three days of collecting all the plunder and the riches and the wealth and all the stuff i mean can you imagine as far as they could see, there were people dead, and the plunder took them three days to gain everything and get all that, that, that was there for them. God blessed them, and so when God brings a blessing our way because of right connections, things happen in us that would have never happened before. Watch this in the, verse 35. Sometime later, sometime later, after this whole thing, King Jehoshaphat of Judah made an alliance with King Uzziah of Israel. Do you know who that is? That's Ahab's son. Ahab is dead. He was killed in that previous battle. Ahab's dead. His son takes over, and it says here, Jehoshaphat, of Judah made an alliance with King Uzziah of Israel who was very wicked. Together, watch this, they go into business. They built a fleet of trading ships at the the port of Ezion-Geber. Then Eleazar, son of whoever that was, from wherever that was, prophesied against Jehoshaphat. Watch this. He said, because you have allied yourself, this is the word of the Lord, and so today it's not through, it's not through a prophet coming and speaking to you necessarily. It's the, it's the prophetic word of the Lord when something is preached. I'm bringing you a word tonight about right relationships. And if you'll take heed to that and let God show you how to navigate right relationships, it'll advance you and prosper you. Just wait till I read the last couple of verses. Because you've allied yourself with this king, the Lord will destroy your work so the ships met with disaster and never put out to sea. It was defeated before. And this is the king that had the victory and the plunder. Mm -hmm. How stupid can you get to ally and connect yourself to wickedness after what God had done? And yet, in so many different relationships and connections, a lot of times people will get proud and get about themselves and find themselves just letting their guard down and their discernment down, their ability to discern what's right and wrong in something, and they allow themselves to give into that and just do whatever feels right. And it's wrong. And you know what happened to Jehoshaphat? That was it. He died. Done. He was finished. Why? Because he continued to make these bad choices and it affected so many other people. He was king of Judah, so it it it, it affected the whole nation. See, he, he got the whole nation in fear and in fasting over the fear that, that got into his life over what he saw and what he heard and how he felt. God wants us with right relationships and connections in every area of our life so that we can advance and help other people advance. Because the people you connect with will be the people that you help. You'll take them up to new levels and new heights in your life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, <clears throat> look at 1 Samuel 18, I'm almost done. 1 Samuel 18, I, I had to throw a lot in here to build my point. But I'm going to do a whole series on this later, later on. I won't say when, I'll just say later on. <laughs> First Samuel um, 18 and verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. There's some stupid ridiculous uh, thing I read on the internet. Somebody sent it to me that Jonathan and David were homosexuals. They were Interested in each other. That's so far from the truth, it's not even funny. Jonathan connected himself to David because God, he was this day. Listen, in, in, in one day, in one instance, you can make a choice of connection with the right people that will change your whole life. Because, that see, in, in one sense what I'm saying is, You don't need anybody, you need the head. But in the next sense, you need... See, the scriptures we read is that he's putting all the parts together the way that they'll function and flow together, see? And they'll function and operate in a correct way. So you have to connect to right people, but you've got to pay attention to this. Because it will hinder you and cause you to not advance in your life when you're connected to the wrong one. It says here, there was an immediate, how quick is that? They met, and they knew it. They met, and they knew it. They met, and they knew it. At orientation, at Midland College in 1977, I opened the door, and she walked through. And it was immediate. I didn't think in the back of my mind I'm going to marry her, but I had to find out about her. But there was an immediate connection when I opened the door and she walked through. Never seen her before ever. And two years later, we were married. And 38 years later, we're still married. And our best days are before us. Actually, what we were created for has just started. And we know it. I mean, I got, I have vision that's exploding on the inside of me. That it just took a while to get certain things in line, but it's exploding. My best days are ahead. See, but I needed her, and she needed me. And when you know that, and it's right, it works, and it produces immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David from that day on Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home and Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself love your neighbor as you love yourself right he had a love and and he had David's back for all their days before he died before Jonathan died, Jonathan died before David. Before Jonathan died, he had David's back everywhere they went because of their connection from God. Yes. Good. Galatians 5, and I'll end with this. <clears throat> Galatians 5, and verse 13. And I want to read that in the... What do I want to read that in? Eeny, meeny, miny, no, let's see. In the Amplified. <clears throat> for you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature of worldliness or selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships... The whole law concerning human relationships is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. See, see the other side of that is this mutual benefit thing. See, where it's got to benefit both of us. But see, if it's got to benefit both of us, then I've got to be in control of making sure that you do your part. Then there's no trust in God. See, right relationships don't, you know, th- there's times when God, when, when I, I've met someone and I talked to him for five minutes. And, and I felt like that I shook hands with him for five minutes and I was trying to pull my hand away. I was trying to get out of the relationship and, I, and I'd walk away and God said, I want you to, I want you to connect with that person. No, 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 oh, no, 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 not him. No, not that guy. Why? why? Some of the strongest relationships I have, <clears throat> how many remember when Richard Perrin Chief was here from, yes. uh, from Ocala, Florida, Richard Perrin Chief? He's, he's one of my really, really close friends. When I, I told my wife this, when I first met the guy, he was talking up there and I thought, now sit down, I mean, I, I, I mean I, I've already told him this, he knows this, I was just thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to hear what you have to say, I mean, that's what I was thinking in my head, I'm sorry, you know, but I, I was, I didn't, I didn't really like the guy, and when he got through talking, the Lord said, that's going to be one of your closest allies, and I tell you what, our, our connection is like this, I mean, I won't talk to him for weeks and even months, and we get back on the phone, it's like, man, we've been talking ever since, you know, there's a connection, and <clears throat> and it came out of God saying, I want you to connect with that person. Now, I'm talking about all relationships, all types of relationships. What were on the cards had to do with family relationships, with dating relationships, with wrong Damn. relationships with other people. And what I'm saying is, you don't want to date someone, and you don't, wanna, you don't want a deeper, stronger relationship even with family members that are not right for you. See? See? A lot of times what we think we want are people that agree with the way we think. And, and a lot of times those aren't the relationships we need. We need relationships with people that, that are going to go against the grain. You don't want somebody just agreeing with stuff that's not right in you, right? Well, he made me feel better because, you know, that thing. Because really, we know when God is telling us things. You, you've got the laws of God written on your heart, and you know when you're not right. And when you're looking for other people to agree with what you're doing that isn't right, it's not good. That, that type of friendship will hurt you. You don't need it. You need people that will speak into your life. And I'm not talking about everybody speaking into your life. But when you develop relationships, I, I've got I can count on one hand I've got people that speak into my life and I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have that somebody that will tell me the truth when I need to hear the truth I've got that many people that are in my life in that form you know not everybody can be that not everybody can be that to you in your life if you're part of this church body I need to be one of those people when you need it and, and, and But there can be other people in your life, but you've got to make quality choices in other people that speak into your life, not just trying to lead you in some direction that is not the will of God. And a lot of people don't know how to hear the voice of God and know how to do that because what this, the, the last verse here that I was going to read is, he said, <clears throat> but if you bite and devour, verse 15, if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, Watch out that you, along with your entire fellowship, are not consumed by one another. Is that a powerful verse? Oh, we didn't get it up there. But if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, this is is Galatians 5 in the Amplified in verse 15. You can go back and look at it. Watch out that you, along with your entire fellowship, will not be consumed by one another. That's why... When my focus is on the head, when it's on Jesus, and I'm dealing with me, and I'm focusing on what my part is in every relationship that I have, then it's not my responsibility to make sure that the other parts are right. It's my responsibility to maintain a right attitude and right responses to whatever anybody else does. And I tell you what, that's where you grow, that's where you advance, and that's where you prosper. What did it say in Proverbs 13, 20? You walk with the wise and you'll be wise. You walk with fools. And, and what, some of the words there were were, uh, were some of those words. Um, destroyed or um, y- your life is destroyed or things won't work out or however it was. And I, I don't want that for my life. I don't want things not working out. I don't want things to be destroyed because I'm walking with the wrong people. And, and people that, that are not advancing the kingdom of God. I'm not talking, and these are not people that you evangelize and that you're ministering to and those kind of things. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about people who you're teaming up with and who you're connected with. It's vital for your success. Can you say amen?